This is the Open Ended Podcast, where two best friends discuss tech, culture, and a side of sass. Facebook memories rekindle the flame and remind me why we went south. Was it that same me, same you, same world? Was it that same me, same you, same world? No less real than the glass I drag my finger across, flipping through your life. Pulling, Pulling the, the slot, slot machine, machine of refresh, 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 hoping against hope for that temporary enrichment, that feeling of regret paired with anticipation. Hoping against hope for that temporary enrichment, that feeling of regret paired with anticipation. Looking for validation in my own life's Looking differences. Looking for validation in my own life's differences. Hoping for a fault in your porcelain facade. Or is, or is my own face swirling, swirling with the eddies. Is the glass as real as your life? Or is my own vase swirling with the eddies of, of imagined, imagined selves, selves the one about to tip? The one. Thou's Against the Glass, performed by Isla Author and Maya Coleman. Written by Rachel Hyman and James D. Green. I'm Cher Vincent, and I'm having an excellent hair day. I can agree. Like it's, I've been using this new product called Mix Kids, and uh, my hair is silky soft. And I'm James T. Green, and I'm having a great hair day too. You are. You got I your just, hair twisted. Your line looks good. Those edges are on. You know, got some nice witch hazel. I can like, I can see it. You can feel it. I can feel it from over here. That you got that witch hazel on deck. So today we're going to borrow a little bit from a past episode and re-explore it again. And we were incredibly interested in looking into the communication methods with friends and loved ones through technology. Yeah, well, and specifically long-distance friendships. Right, right, right. Because we talked about that way back in episode two. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we were just doing an iPhone and like just... Bad, bad, bad tech we were using. So yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but but the sentiment was there. So oh, yeah. so we so we definitely like felt like why not go through it again? Updated with a, a fresh, little bit. Yeah, with a fresh set of eyes and everything we've learned within that time. As we become even more and more connected, a lot of times that is the only forms of communications that we have with one another between these devices that exist everywhere around us. Absolutely. So the next story you're going to hear is from one of our producers here at Open Ended, which kind of explores this very, very thought of keeping in touch through all the various pieces of technology that exist all around us. Indeed. <laughs> yes, we're getting ready for the big day now. Oh, I oh. think we're going to have a celebration on Sunday. 
Oh, very exciting. Yeah, we're going to have a big party. That was my granny Alice and on Saturday was her 97th birthday. It's crazy to think that when she was my age the only way you could keep in contact overseas was by physically writing a letter to someone. Nowadays there's more ways to keep in contact than ever before. There's emails, Facebook, FaceTime, Skype, Instagram, Snapchat, the list is endless But my real question is, does it really work? Does the internet and all these new ways to keep in contact with someone actually make you keep in contact with people better? In case you haven't noticed, I'm not one of you Yanks. I'm an Irish girl who moved here in January to do a semester abroad at Columbia College Chicago. Moving to a new country was by far the best thing I have ever done in my life. New experiences, new food, but most importantly, New friends that I really cannot remember my life before. There's Adam. Hi, my name's Adam. Jesse. Hey, this is Jesse. Andrew. Hi, I'm Andrew. And then there's another Adam too. Hi, my name is Adam. In case you're wondering why I felt the need to have them say hey, I gotta prove they're not imaginary. See, Mom, I have made friends. Anyway, of all the friends that I have met here, I feel like I've met my soulmate with one particular girl. Flo is from London and we met at the student inductions at Columbia in January. She complimented my silver shiny docks and we bonded from the get-go. Saw you across the room, wanted to be friends with you immediately. You're wearing red lipstick, it was like 9am. I was like, yeah. Spoke to each other afterwards. Friendship was born. As soon as we met each other, we realised how alike we were. We can finish each other's sentences, our views on things are the same. We can start off a conversation talking about donuts and then end up talking about politics. I feel like I've been waiting so long in my life to find a friend who gets me as much as Flo gets me. But the reality is... In two months' time, I move home, and so does Flo. So what does that mean for our friendship? As I said, I know there are so many ways to keep in contact with people, but I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little bit worried. My inbox on Facebook is inundated with messages from friends asking me if I'm still alive and why I haven't kept in contact with them. And don't get me started on my emails. What if this happens with me and Flo? The first friend I've met that gets me so much. If we were in this position 50 years ago, then realistically, we would have just had to wave goodbye and probably never see each other again. Yeah, we could have been pen pals. We could have been. We could have like sent letters across the ocean to each other. Yeah. (laughs) Sent some carrier pigeons. (laughs) Does the internet really help us keep in contact with people? Or is it just an excuse to not sit down and write a thoughtful letter and send it in the post? This notion of losing friends and not keeping in contact has been on my brain since I booked my flight home, so I decided to trash it out with Flo to see what she thought. We became friends so quickly. Yeah. Because, like, we hung out, like, once, and then we were, like... Yeah. (laughs) I think we were, like... (laughs) Yeah. I think we just think in a really similar way I'll say something and you'll just be like yeah no I get it you just like get it instantly yeah as opposed to me having to try and like explain myself yeah see the thing is that I'm so worried about in terms of like us keeping contact is I'm so bad with contact like if I read out some of the messages I have on Facebook it's 
things like Tara are you still alive please contact me or else I get emails from my aunts and my uncles and everybody abroad and they're like are you still alive you you must be having a time of your life because I haven't heard from you in months (laughs) yeah I mean I get that a little bit sometimes too or it's like I feel like it's very one-sided like I'll send and my grandma will send me a message and then I'll reply but like she won't like reply to that or like it's like she hasn't read it <laughs> like and then she just sends me another one like completely unrelated <laughs> just like this it has to be a two-way thing but I think like our friendship is gonna be more like like when I actually see you you know it'll be like like no time has passed do you think in this day and age it's easier to keep in contact with people like is it actually yeah. oh yeah definitely like, I mean, my dad say, says it all the time, like, the, the fact that, like, I'm here and I can talk to him on FaceTime and, like, he spent his entire, like, childhood and, like, sort of up to, like, our age living in a different country to his parents and, like, would speak to them, like, very rarely. Yeah. And it would be, like, a telephone call for 10 minutes or something. Whereas, like, I can just, like, send my mum a text message or, you know, whatever. Mm. Do you think the internet has opened up the realms of kind of the possibility of friendship? Um, yes and no. Because I think, like, people still manage to be friends when they were far away from each other. Like, before it's just, I think you wouldn't waste so much time with, like, trivial stuff, you know? Like, fun as it is, like, you know, we post links on each other's Facebook walls and stuff like that, like... You don't need to do, you know, you don't need to do that. That's not really imperative to friendship. Like, it's just you're allowed to do kind of indulge in the more trivial crap of being friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just like the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you've made tons of friends too. We've all made yeah. tons of friends here. We've had a whole different life here I know, for the last six insane. months. Yeah. It's, it's insane to think about. And it's it's kind of just dawned on me in the little while, in the last little while, that we're going to just have to step up and go don't I'm so like I don't actually know like because I can't imagine my life without these people now that's the weird thing about friendship I think when you're growing up because you really don't know where you're going to be in five years Mm. say when you were in play school or elementary school or kindergarten or wherever and you met a friend chances were you would be in the same area for the next 10 or so years Mm. yeah that's the truth even when you met a friend in school you were pretty much guaranteed six years together unless you moved around a lot. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Like, even when moving over here and making friends, when I was making friends, it didn't really hit my mind that I was like, okay, I'm making friends here, but I'm only going to be able to be friends with these people for six months. I was. You make friends the same way every time. I made friends with people here the same way I made friends with people in kindergarten. Yeah. Uh, I think I I made more effort to make friends here because I wanted to... Like, when I first got here, I was kind of on my own. So I was like, I want to, you know, like, make some friends. Like, so I'm not just, like, miserable and lonely. Um, So I actually, like, made a real conscious effort to, like, go up to people and be like, hi. Yeah. As you get older, it's definitely harder to make friends. Oh, yeah. You have to make a huge effort to make friends with those people. Because it is pretty easy to make friends when you're, like constantly in close proximity with them you know like if you're spending at least four hours a week every week together in class then like you're bound to talk to someone eventually you would hope but also I think when you're younger it doesn't matter as much whether your friends are like really similar to you 
Like, I think it matters more when you're older. Yeah. Because, like, when you're younger, you're not making particularly big decisions or anything. Yeah. Like, when you're... It, when you start to get to, like, age, like, 16 and above, then I think it matters more who your friends are. Absolutely. With. When you're... When you're under the age of 16, it's everybody does math, everybody does geography, yeah. everyone does history. And then suddenly when you realise that somebody wants to be a teacher, somebody wants to be a dentist, and somebody wants to do art and do podcasting, you yeah. realise, holy shit, oh, we are very different <laughs> yeah. people. Different, different outlooks on life. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I still have a lot of friends who want to do like n- more mainstream, like normal, traditional sort of things, but... Um, they are very, like, and I'm still great friends with them, but they are very different to me and have very different outlooks on life to me. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I think about this sort of stuff all the time um, of, like, would I have been different if I had had more friends when I was younger who were like me? Yeah. Because I had a lot of friends who weren't like me. So it's a strange, strange that's I think, think I think that's the way with everybody and then somebody like when I met you when somebody meets somebody and they're like oh yeah yes no you know? I know that's the thing like I'm worried about I'm worried that we're gonna lose contact I think even if we lose contact for a bit I think it will like I think it'll go in like ebbs and flows of like sometimes we'll talk to each other all the time and mm-hmm. then so maybe we won't talk to each other for a little bit I think we both know that we both want to stay really good friends with each other um and I think it has to be backed up with, like, physically seeing each other, like, actually seeing each other in real life. So, like, I think as long as you kind of know roughly the next time, like, I would see you, that would probably help. Yeah. Because if it's, like, I think it's more difficult if you would just be, like, oh, I'm getting, you know, see you sometime in the future. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be more difficult cuz you wouldn't have like some date to like look forward to. Yeah. And that's that's when I think it would like peter out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I suppose the internet is definitely a ginormous help. Yeah. And I'd say in our case because we're such an internet culture, I think it yeah. would help us a lot. Oh, definitely. I think I think like even like I was saying before, like even seeing each other's pictures and just being like, that's what they've been up to. And like, you know, like also I think there's a big thing of like being able to put faces and names together. So like if we were talking to each other on the phone or whatever, we, you could be like, you know, I've been spending a lot of time with so-and-so. And then if I could look at a picture yeah. and be like, oh, that's that person, then I think it's so much easier to like kind of stay close because you can like build up a picture of their life as well yeah. and I suppose social media is also a reminder that the person is still there so yeah you know if someone sends a letter as though 50 years ago you'd read the letter and you could forget about it where as if I'm scrolling scrolling through Facebook and I see Florence Robinson has liked a certain BuzzFeed video I'm like oh Flo I must <laughs> message her you know what I mean yeah no definitely I had that yesterday too with like a birthday notification coming up on Facebook and I was like god I haven't so I spoke to that person in so long I should message them yeah. when, I go, when I go home all in all the internet I think is going to help our friendship a lot because I think people that I've lost contact with friends that I've lost contact with deep down I probably didn't have such a strong desire to keep in contact with yeah like I think I think it has to be like it's a tool that helps but like it doesn't guarantee it like you have to really want to stay friends with the person like I think if you if we didn't you know, subconsciously didn't really want to stay friends, then it wouldn't it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Because we want to. It's gonna happen. Are you hopeful? I am hopeful. I think we can make it. 
I think me, you, the internet, a three-way system. Let's make it work. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Moral of the story. As Flo said, the internet is only really a tool to help you stay in contact with someone. Facebook isn't going to write that message, nor is Skyscanner going to book that flight for you to go and visit your pal. In terms of Flo and I, who really knows what's going to happen? We could end up living together on a different continent someday, or equally, we could end up waving goodbye in two months' time and just simply never cross paths again. But I suppose that's the beauty of friendship. You never really know what's going to happen next. It's a mystery but one of the best mysteries a person can experience. That was The Moment You Go Long Distance by Taz Kelleher. To hear more of her stories, go to momentspodcast.com or find it wherever you download podcasts. We're not finished yet, so hold that dial. We'll be right back after these sponsor reads. This episode of Open Ended is sponsored by Active Campaign. Do you know what Active Campaign is, James? I don't, but I feel like you're going to tell me. Yep. Active Campaign is a one-stop marketing and sales platform for businesses of all sizes, crafted right here in Chicago. And Active Campaign helps businesses grow bigger, faster with email marketing and marketing automation. So, Active Campaign, you can send sophisticated automated follow-up, you can send emails that are triggered by user behavior, and you can send personalized campaigns that treat contacts as unique rather than robots. Which I think is really, really cool. I mean, I have used CRM products before, and this one really sounds fascinating. Yeah. And I'm a human. I'm not a robot. So. I have a soul. I'm unique. Just like a snowflake. I am. And Active Campaign is hiring right now for customer service, design, development, marketing, sales, and support positions. If you're interested in advancing your career and working for a fast growing Chicagoland tech company, take a look at their open positions at activecampaign.com slash about. And can you tell us some of the benefits they have? Yeah. And honestly, I'm looking at this and I'm like, shoot, I might apply my own self. <laughs> there's a competitive salary. Um, there's benefits like catered lunches, uh, paid transportation. So if you know about that venture, you ain't got to pay $100 a month, which is nice. Amazing insurance. Maybe you can get some eye insurance and get some Warby Parkers from the last ad. And 401k matching. You cannot pass this opportunity up, y'all. Once more, check out activecampaign.com slash about to apply. And thank you again to Active Campaign for supporting Open Ended and Post Loudness. You're listening to the Open Ended Podcast. And for this next story, we're going to dig a little bit back into the archives. But we're going to do it with a little bit of a twist. So this particular story is produced by our very own host, Cher Vincent. And she's revisiting one of our older interviews from episode two, Eat a Bagel for Me, with a little bit of a new school twist. Here's Cher. I'm so lucky. I have friends everywhere. I have friends in and out of Chicago, in and out of Illinois, in and out of the Midwest, or even out of this country. And all those relationships have been sustained in some part by technology. 
and one of my best friends in the entire world. She lives in Kansas City, and our entire friendship has been based online. So in 2015, I had a conversation with her for this very podcast, our second episode, Eat a Bagel for Me, about our friendship and how it started and how it's continued to sustain through technology. And I wanted to revisit it because we're talking about this very subject, but with a little twist, in February of this year, I had read a story for Nerdologs Your Stories about this very friend and how we actually met each other and why we met each other and why we still consider each other best friends to this day. So I'd like to introduce you to Brandy. So how long have we known each other? Oh, gosh. Um, I know. Like... I feel like 08? Seven, eight years? Long before MySpace was a music blog and LiveJournal got taken over by the Russians, I was living in New York City having just finished a visiting semester at NYU. The year was 2008, and I, again, Sherry Vincent, was embarking on the, my greatest adventure yet, Moving in with my boyfriend. And I was going through, like, you know, multiple existential crises at the time. So I was <laughs> um, I was going online and trying to find some, like, sanity. We were, you know, why make a complicated relationship more difficult than putting ourselves into a small 350-square-foot apartment in Williamsburg, New York? No, absolutely. Yeah, we were both going through very similar long, drawn-out breakups. I spent most of my time at home watching whatever pirated television I could get my hands on. And one of those classic televisions, television shows that I got was this small Canadian show called Degrassi, The Next Generation. It's real good if you haven't heard of it. Um, I was several seasons behind, and I had behind my covers, and I got lost in an issue of the week that this beautiful mess of a show presented to me. However, there was two characters that kept me riveted, seeing reflections of myself and my life in them. Craig Manning, the cocaine-abusing bipolar musician, and Ellie Nash, the journalist that self-mutilated. Yeah, you knew the shorthand of a long story. You had gone through and were going through the same experience I was at the time, and I didn't have to explain everything like I might have had to to other people. You kind of got it right away. So, you know, I think that's what initially connected us so on one sweltering evening in june i went to a site where all my issues and resolutions could be found live journal i went down the rabbit hole of online community and forums and eventually stumbled on stories inspired by the show written by its fans this idea of fan fiction was foreign to me but i quickly absorbed every story i could get my hands on until of course i started thinking of my own because i took a creative writing class before and i was way funnier than these basic bitches so let's do this the floodgates burst open with my many stories, adventures, and complications that Craig and Allie could conquer together for weeks. And then a funny thing happened. I started getting fans. Uh. Fans of my fan fiction. I was drunk with power, and I started to forget about the way my life, my real life, Craig Manning, was growing more and more distant, and how I wanted to kill him less, but also missed him less. That eventually I was putting the words I wish my boyfriend would say to me in my fan fiction, Craig, and how the Ellie... And my stories said the words I wish I had the courage to say to him aloud. I was so far away from actually expressing my distress in my real-life relationship that I completely lived vicariously through this couple. They were my escape. It was around this time, about two months into my obsession, that I started getting reviews from one reader. You know, I don't even, like, I don't, have, I don't think I've been on any kind of fan fiction at all in, like, five years, but I think our friendship 
after, like, once we established a friendship online, I didn't need to go on fan fiction anymore. I mean, I found you. So I was like, well, I don't really care about that anymore. It's more or less yeah. a person that I found in that, and it really yeah. strengthened our friendship. Her words were thoughtful and kind, sometimes detailed and well-informed, or just an interesting response to a quote from my story. And so I went to her profile, and we found out, then I found out that we had stories in common, other shows we liked, and I began reviewing her stuff. Before long, reviews turned into DMs, then into emails, then into AIM and GChat, and eventually texting and phone calls. So, like, coming, like, bringing it from fan fiction into other mediums of technology, how do you think it changed our relationship? Um, you know, there's something to be said about meeting somebody online because you're forced to talk you're you know you can't go do something fun where you're distracted like see a movie or go to a bar where you're you know less inhibited you're forced to connect with somebody on an actual level and make conversation so i think you know the way we met initially i think was i don't even think we chatted i think it was like literally through messages or something yeah. like that put us in a position where we were forced to be honest and upfront right away or we never would have gotten to know each other for sure and i think that it was such a pure friendship too because it wasn't out of circumstances or like i didn't meet you like a networking event or i didn't meet you through work or school it was because we had like this very specific niche um interest and we found each other through that and then realized oh we're basically the same person <laughs> so well, this I is think, great you know, you ha we had to want to stay connected because it'd be so easy to be like, eh, okay, well, that conversation didn't go anywhere. I'll just forget that she existed. But, you know, we didn't have that right away. I felt like I exactly what you said. We, I knew who you were right away. And suddenly I wasn't in New York City anymore. I wasn't with that boyfriend any longer. I was finishing college and starting to work and living with roommates and creating life for myself outside of that destructive relationship. But this woman was still there cheering me on. I talked to you probably more than I talked to anybody else in my life. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, we text each with each other at least 10 times a day and that's fantastic. And I don't have any other relationship like that. And I think it's just because it's almost like a stream of consciousness. Like I'm feeling this or I'm thinking this and like, who do I want to talk to about that? Brandy. Yeah. Cause she gets it and she understands the crazy things go on my head and she has just as, just as much insane stream of consciousness as I do. So I get no judgments when I talk to you at all. Who else would understand my deep love of Harry Styles but you? I know. I don't even like them. I, I, I think I've listened to one One Direction song ever and that's a one like story of my life. Which, which makes our friendship that more, like, unique and that more serendipitous because the fact that you were, like, into a pop culture thing and then going into fan fiction and then <laughs> finding me, like... Brandy is one of my best friends. I talk to her at least five times a day on any given day. She sends me silly gifts and inspirational quotes, mails me amazing gifts and cards and never falters for her love and admiration for me. But yeah, that's essentially what happened. And it's so funny because you're somebody who's not into pop culture and it, essentially pop culture brought us together in a very oh, weird way. So they got, the office said 
our insane shared mutual love for music. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, painfully. And I was, like, in peak Radiohead, like, fangirl mode, too. Bless you for, like, tolerating that. Because I would, like, sometimes remember something I said to you, and I was just get cringy. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that about my painful, painful love for Tom York. So... Now I understand. Yeah, you get it. It's 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 all encompassing. This is the person I want to talk to the most when something significant happens in my life, good or bad. She tells me her hopes and dreams and her fears way out in Kansas City. Do you think without this technology we'd ever be friends? And I, I mean, obviously the question is no because I would never know what you who you were. But I feel like I don't know. If we're both at a bar, we're both the type of people, or out. I'm using a bar because that's where you meet a lot of people mm. here around our age. But you know. I feel like we're both people that would go up to a stranger and be like, okay, let's be best friends. Yeah. Yeah, and I am. probably would be best friends after that. I've only met her once in her life at her wedding, but she's an integral part of my life. So I'd like to give a thanks to Grassy Fan Fiction. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, we you're from Chicago. I live in Kansas City. Our yeah. paths probably wouldn't cross. Ever, which is ridiculous, but... I mean, I met when you were still in college. I was a couple of years into my career, and so, you know, we were even at a little bit different places, mm-hmm. but... That shared experience yeah made us be in the same place at the same time for sure so it was meant to be absolutely Friend Fiction was written, produced, and mixed by me, Sharon Vincent. You can listen to the full excerpt of my conversation with Brandy on Open Ended Episode 2. And you can listen to the full episode of my story for your stories on nerdalogs.com. Hey, Sharon. Hey. You know what time it is? It is open call time. It is open call time. Blah, 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 blah. Ah. Open call. It is open call time. So, for listeners who are unfamiliar with open call, open call is where we say what it is that we're digging this week. It can be anything from a physical object to a conceptual idea. Honestly, it can be whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. So, we always start with share. So, share. what are you digging this week? What I'm digging this week is courtesy of, quote-unquote, everybody's woke bay, Jesse Williams. He gave a fantastic speech at the BET Awards this week, but little known fact, he released an app a few months ago, which is bonkers awesome. It is called Eroji, which I have to say is probably one of my favorite new things, favorite new words. But it is a keyboard app for iPhone, iOS, and essentially gives you all these really fun options for gifts or gifs depending on who you talk to and they're mostly of people of color celebrities um, memes that have been floating around the internet pretty much anything that's on black twitter and that's been populated <laughs> popular um, popularized and it's fantastic it's so much fun and it's just a really great way to communicate with your friends um i introduced it to you earlier this week james and we were sending Bunches, bunches of gifts back and forth for so, a while. So I'm going to set this up here. So yeah. I'm on the bus, just vibing out. And then I get a text from you that just says, hey, download this app, Ebroji. Immediately. and like, No context. <laughs> just like, download it. And I just reply back saying, convince me. Why? Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, Tim Cook. Like, <laughs> well, well, you know, data is valuable. I need to know if this is worth investigating right as this very second. Okay. And, and and you gave me a great convincing. Yeah, but also, like, this is coming from somebody who also has, like, a iOS, I have, like, a 
iPhone 6S with like 16 gigs, quote unquote 16 gigs, actually more like 12 gigs. I was be on some bullshit with their with their hard drives, but um, that's another yeah. story. So yeah, that's what I'm feeling this week is Eroji. It is fantastic, and it just it just gives me so much black joy seeing this beautiful beautiful man who's so woke. Who like gives a new term to beige rage because yes, it's a real thing. Can I can I make a quick note He's, about Ebroji? Yeah. So what I love most about Ebroji sure. is that the interactions of it is pretty clever. So mm-hmm. in the bottom row, so it, it is a keyboard extension app for iOS. And with the picking out of like which gift category you can get, they have a really interesting area where you can categorize them by moods which i find incredibly handy including a shortcut for positive moods with a thumbs up and negative moods with a thumbs down Mm -hmm. and that alone has been like it's like that's such a very smart user interaction yeah um and that was what sold me along with like the gifts were high resolution too Mm -hmm. which is good they were like Um, yeah they're super good and super um Vast, like yeah. the selection was fantastic. Like you have everything from like prints. Like there was a whole category for just prints, which, right. I, which right. I appreciated. Right. And there was also ones from like you know you had like you had undercover brother gifts, which is something that like that oh, is yeah. a beautiful cult film that people don't give enough credit. A lot of people forget about people undercover sleep, brother. People <laughs> sleep on Eddie Griffin. People sleep on him. He was fucking hilarious back in the day. <laughs> I was about it. I was here for it. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Ibroji. Shout out to Woke Bay, Jesse Williams. Thank you for your contributions to uh, black black lives everywhere and giving people who are biracial like me and letting them know that yeah, we're woke too. We're woke too. So, uh, what about you, James? What is your shout out this week? I, I love that. So, <laughs> that's true. My shout out this week is actually an older episode of Freakonomics that I recently revisited. Um, and the name of the episode is Aziz Ansari Needs Another Toothbrush. I love Aziz Ansari. And the thing I really love about this episode is it's one of the uh, shorter episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's the frequently asked questions episodes where they'll just kind of rapid fire question. The FAQs. Yeah, the FAQs uh, with the guest. And what was super interesting about that was learning about how Aziz works and how his love-hate relationship with technology is super fascinating. Um, he mentioned a lot about his hatred of email, which I can completely agree <laughs> with, and how much I try to avoid it as much as possible. And kind of this idea of being away from technology, but then utilizing it in like an in a manner that's kind of hands-off, it was super fascinating. It was fascinating enough that I listened to it, I got home, I told the peach emoji of the show to stop what you're doing and listen to this with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really recommend checking it out. Um, it's from July of last year on Freakonomics. Awesome. Open-ended is Cher Vincent and James T. Green. We had to give a shout-out to the CPC for letting us be a part of their network. And uh, this week, we're going to give a special CPC shout-out to MBSing. Who is MBSing? 
Host Mary Beth Smith cuts out the BS of conversation by discussing the topic her guest unabashedly loves, thus discovering why people love what we do and how that passion affects us. And I want to give a thanks to Cards Against Humanity for being awesome people and giving us a space. Production, editing, mixing, and music provided by James D. Green. Production assistance by Taz Callier. And editorial oversight by me, Cher Vincent. You can read us on iTunes. You can recommend us on Overcast. And you can be the needle and thread to our Stitch on the Stitcher. And how can they donate and become a member to give us money? Because we need to pay bills, guys. Like, it's hard out here. You can go to openended.fm slash donate. There you can give a one-time donation, which we gladly accept in all denominations between one to infinity dollars. Or if this is something that you truly enjoy and you get notifications in your phone and you listen to this every single week and this travels to you on your commute and you listen to us through work and you are somehow brightened by our stories, you can view a monthly donation at patreon.com slash open-ended. And open up, we'll be back one day, but you can do that. <laughs> you made that happen by going to our ask hole, go to ask.fm slash open-ended FM, or use a hashtag on Twitter, ask open-ended. You can leave us a feedback message or a congratulations, your awesome message on our website, openended.fm slash contact. You can email us at theopenendedpodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at openendedfm. Next week, we have a guest. I'm so excited for this guest, Tunde Alrian, who is one of my favorite musicians out right now. He's so fantastic. Like, I'm so excited for you to hear what he has to say about his music, his residence in Flint, Michigan, and just being an all-around dope motherfucker. So it's going to be an excellent, excellent show next week. So do not miss it. So until then, as we say every single week, I don't want to. Do, I want to be on the poll. I don't want to be on the poll. Keep things open-ended. Post loudness. <laughs>